MLM Nation, Episode 4. I started using Thrive on Five, and the evening before, I would write down five things I was going to accomplish the next day. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm super excited today to bring our special guest, Colette Lawson. Colette, are you ready to make it happen? (laughs) I'm here, and I'm ready. Colette Lawson was a single mother of five with just a high school education and was burdened with a staggering medical debt and no business experience. But in 1994, Colette took a step out of her comfort zone and started her MLM business. The only thing that kept her going was her belief in herself and her burning desire to support her children and turn her life around. Before you knew it, Colette built a thriving organization and together, along with her two sons, Zachary Ross and Dax Ross, they are 10-star Diamond Directors, inaugural members of the Million Dollar Club, Vision Award recipients, and have been named, check this out, their company's distributed year and number one income earner for 13 years. For fun, uh, Colette lives in North County, San Diego, with her husband, Rick, and in the free time, they love to travel around the world and do their best to spoil their 15 grandkids. <laughs> So, Colette, I've given MLM Nation just a brief intro, so please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Thank you, Simon. And again, what a privilege for me to be here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, yes, my story is one of those, uh, I like to tell people when you've hit rock bottom, that provides a very solid foundation to build a network marketing business on, because that's where I was. I was a single mother of five children. Um... My story, I mean, I could take the whole time, Simon, just telling you about this, but I was in a desperate situation. Two of my children had been born with a chronic degenerative actual terminal disease called cystic fibrosis, and I needed to figure out a way to support them and also be home with them. They required so much care that it didn't make financial sense to, to you know, be gone from them. I, I couldn't afford to hire someone to take care of them. I was working part-time as a secretary making $8 an hour, but I, I was sinking fast. And after my youngest daughter, Lexi, had a, had a double lung transplant, the medical bills just, uh, she went into a medically induced coma. She was in the ICU for three months. Um, my medical bills were just staggering. So I was in a, a situation where, you know, bankruptcy seemed like my only option. Well, a brother of mine had continued to tell me about this company and about this industry, about this profession. And I just had so much on my plate at the time, Simon, that I, um, I, I just, you know, I just couldn't get my, wrap my head around trying to build a business. I have since learned that uh, most opportunities come at inopportune times. And that's something I tell people all the time. If you wait till everything's just right, you'll never build this business. So they come at inopportune times. So they're often, Uh, disguised as or misinterpreted as distractions. But he kept telling me about this company. And at some point, he called me. My my daughter was actually in a coma in ICU. And we had this conversation. And I, I just 
broke into tears and he ended up flying to San Diego and at at some point um well he came in and spent some time in the ICU with her and he came out he put his arms around me and he said Colette forget this business but let's get your other daughter Charlie who also had cystic fibrosis let's get her on these products so that was my introduction into into our company and into network marketing it came through a brother who actually put his love and care for me over his desire for me to build this business with him so i actually came into my company through trying the products seeing um not only you know, I know we have to be so careful, but I really did see an improvement. I saw an improvement in even my well-being after a few months. And um, at one point, my daughter, Charlie, uh, was telling me, we were on the way home from the hospital, and she'd seen some improvement in her lung function. And she was bouncing around in the car. I think she was 15 years old at the time. Um, and she was saying, Mom, it has to be these products. That's the only thing I've done differently. And I turned to her and said, you know, uh, maybe these products have made a difference, but, you know, maybe this is an answer to prayer. And she turned to me and said, Mom, maybe these products are an answer to prayer. And sort of, Simon, a light went on in my head, and I went, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can do this. I have no experience. I'm almost a million dollars in medical debt. I have a high school education. Uh, y- you know, I just like I talk about inopportune time, but I just thought I believe in this. I'm passionate about it and I'm going to share it. So that's kind of how I got started. I'm so grateful to that brother for not giving up on me, but for also at that moment backing off and saying, you know, let's forget about the business. Let's just get your daughter healthy. Let's get you healthy. And that his love of me triggered that interest and made, made me believe in myself. I want to ask you this question. You talked about, because uh, in the bio that you sent me, you talked about what kept you going was your belief in yourself. And I think that's one thing that a lot of distributors have challenges with. How did you overcome that? Especially that you, you come from, like, I would say, a humble background, like only a high school education, right? Yes. How did you build that belief up that you could do this? I think that's a big stumbling block that derails most distributors. You know... Very good question, Simon. I think being a mother of five children and being the sole support of those children, you know, sometimes you're backed into a corner and you don't have any other options. You know, I'm not going to be able to, you know, with a high school education, what am I going to do as a single mother with five children? You know, our industry, this profession, being able to work from home, it became my only option. So what I needed to do then was to convince myself that I could do this. I, I remember the first convention I went to, I listened to the top distributor in our company at that point, and I sat there in the audience and looked at him, and, you know, he, he, he wound up this Energizer bunny, he put it on the stage, and it just kept running, bumping into his leg and everything. I mean, it was just kind of silly, you know, because I was expecting this very uh, corporate Not that he isn't intelligent. He really is very intelligent, but he brought it down to my level. I'm watching this bunny bumping into his leg, and he's talking about the energy that we need and that we just need to keep going, keep going, keep going. And I looked at him, and I thought, you know, if that's the top distributor in this company, in this company that I'm getting involved with, I can do this too. (laughs) And, you know, it's like I didn't see that he had a lot more skills than I had. And so a lot of it became – 
telling myself, you can do this. And of course, I had these children around me cheering me on. You know, I think one of the first things I did was involve them in this process. And in the beginning, they were just my fan club. I was very clear to them about my intentions. In fact, let me mention that. I think declaring my intentions made a huge difference in my success within our company. Very early on, I started telling people, I'm going to the top. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the top distributor in this company. And, you know, you say that enough, not only do you begin to believe it yourself, but other people go, wow, I want to jump on that train with her. You know, she is so focused, so determined. I I also believe she's going to do it. So I think declaring your intentions in the beginning, and I'm not talking about being braggadocio, you know, just like, but, but I just said, you know, I don't have any other options. I'm going to do this. And sure enough, I did. I love your story because it reemphasizes the point that network marketing doesn't discriminate. Right. Absolutely. It oh, it does not. If someone like me with no education in our industry, no formal college education, Simon, I was nearly a million dollars in medical debt. Uh, I didn't have a lot of, I mean, I had some wonderful friends, but they weren't, many of them were other housewives, you know, that sort of thing. And five children and... <laughs> you know, it's crazy that, uh, but I always say to people, you know, when I signed my name on that application, back then we signed actual paper applications, the impossible became the inevitable because there wasn't a ceiling on what I could do. No one was asking about my experience or about how much money I had in the bank or, or, you know, if I could work 80 hours a week or, or, you know, and, and, you know, who my influential friends were. No one was asking those things. You know, I just felt like the impossible can become the inevitable. You know, I want to add something because uh, I think this would inspire ML Nation and our listeners is that even though you had no business skills, uh, you were a single mom with five kids, right? And knowing that, I, I mean, I'm not a single parent and I don't have five kids, but even two boys, I'm telling you, raising two boys is way harder than building a network marketing business. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm telling you, ML Nation, some of you, are, you have children, like you may not have the business skills, but you can do it. Because I'm telling you, raising kids and raising them a good background is way, way harder than building the business. And the skills that Colette learned are the same skills that you can learn. But what you do need is the attitude, like the attitude that Colette has. Like, this is it. I'm going to the top. And she visualized it. She, she made that declaration. She told people about it. And so that's really awesome. I mean, there's so many stories and um, so many lessons you shared in that, Colette. So thank you. Thank you. Now, I know you've been the number one distributor for 13 years. But, of course, it wasn't easy. Uh, There's bumps in the road. And most distributors, they don't realize it's during the toughest times that we learn the most. Uh, But the key is to keep going, never quit. And you take the lessons you learn and you apply them. Now, I want you to collect. Can you share a story somewhere along your journey where it was one of the most frustrating and challenging moments? Maybe you even wanted to quit, but you did it. And then what did you learn during that time? And how did you apply those lessons? Oh, wow. Gosh. (laughs) Yes. I made so many, many mistakes. I really did. And so that should give people a lot of encouragement because I think I made about every mistake you can make. First of all, I became obsessed. Uh, I didn't maintain perspective at all in the beginning. Oh, my goodness. I talked. I just, you know, I just fire hose. You know, they talk about (laughs) the fire hose information everyone I ran across. I was just so, um, you know, I didn't have posture in the beginning. I 
really, I was desperate. I, I needed to figure out a way, first of all, just to pay for my products. And then, you know, and by the way, I was able to do that my first month. I've never actually come out of pocket to pay for my products because I made enough money my very first month in the business to cover, to cover my auto order program. But wow, I just, I think I blew a lot of people away. Fortunately, um, I was able to learn from some of those, you know, from, from being too, too aggressive and later I was able to go back to those people and go you know could we just have a conversation I promise not not to be so you know quite so passionate uh, I also made some big mistakes in terms of, of not realizing that this is a business so because I was so financially destitute I I wasn't setting aside um I wasn't setting aside money to pay my taxes. You know, every cent I would just either, you know, use it for groceries or or put it back into buying. Back in the day, we were buying cassette tapes and things. I, I was trying to put, you know, a percent of that back into building my business. It never occurred to me that, oh, there might be taxes to pay. <laughs> I also didn't set business hours. I'm, I became much more clear about boundaries and uh, maintaining his perspective and realizing that, yes, I'm going to do this, but I also need to be a mother and a daughter and a sister and a friend. And so I didn't have a, I didn't have a designated space in my home. I was just, I was doing my business on top of the bed, on the kitchen table in every corner of my home. And I was very disorganized in the beginning. I didn't have a designated phone line. So all those things about recognizing that even though this is a passion in your life, there, it also needs to be a business. I eventually hired um, a couple of gentlemen out of Salt Lake City, actually, to be my financial planners. And I ended up paying a great deal in back de- taxes and, of course, the, the penalties and everything. I, you know, what a shame that I didn't start it out that way in the beginning and, and talk to a professional. I just felt like I couldn't afford one. But, you know, I'm sure now when I look back on it, I could have found someone who had been willing to work with me, understanding I was just starting and getting some, you know, getting some um, professional advice in setting up my business. So if I could, if you've got listeners that are just beginning, I would say treat this as a business from the very beginning. Find a space in your home that is your office. Have a designated phone line. Set up hours. You know, even now, I have an office in my home now, of course, and my sweet husband, he knows when my office door is closed, as it is right now, that I'm conducting business, you know. <laughs> I leave myself open to, you know, flights of fancy and, and the surprise visits for my grandchildren and things. But for the most part, you know, I keep business hours now. And, of course, I've cut way back on them now than I did in the beginning. But still, it's important to understand that this is a business and you need to treat it like one. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of distributors, they just treat this as a game or hobby. And I mean, the advantages and or you can say disadvantages of network marketing is that it's so inexpensive to get started. So people join and they don't do what you said. You know, they don't have like little maybe even if you don't have an own office, it could be a corner of your room, a corner of your apartment somewhere where you are doing business and you're treating like a business. And if you treat like a business, you will get a business income. If you treat like a hobby, and you don't have consistent hours or something like that then you get hobby income, which is basically zero because most people, most of us, we don't make any income from our hobbies. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's so true. Now, Colette, when you were building, what was one of the aha moments you had? Can you take us to the time in your life that like a light bulb went off and then how you and what you did next? Oh, gosh, so many along the way at different levels on my business. Where, But let me share maybe the first aha I had. 
And that was just uh, a few days. I hadn't even been in the business a month yet. And I did not have a credit card. So I had, you know, I our auto order program was $100. So I hadn't even been in the business a month. And my auto order payment was coming up. I did not have a credit card. And I did not have $100 to pay for this auto order. And I had really put in a lot of effort the previous almost three and a half weeks. I'd, I'd taken cassette tapes around. I'd visited people. And at this time, Simon, you have to understand, my, my daughter... Lexi had come out of the hospital, and she was um, paralyzed from the waist down. I was literally putting her wheelchair in in my trunk and carrying her and putting her in the back of the car and going and giving information to people. I mean, I don't want (laughs) to – the whole story is so – oh, my goodness. When I look back, I think, who was that woman? I'm so grateful to her. I'm so grateful to that woman who was in her early 40s who just was willing to do that. But I did it, and I, I'd done it, and of course, no money had come in, you know, at that point. And I just thought, how am I going to stay active in my company? This auto order, I don't have the, you know, and my brother had said he would cover it for me, but I needed to pay him back because, I, again, I didn't even have a credit card at that point. So I remember going out about three days before that $100 was due, and I went out to my mailbox, and I opened the, I opened the little door. I looked in, and there was an envelope, and up in the left-hand corner was my company logo, and I went, oh, my goodness, because back then, we didn't have anything online. There was no way to gauge how you were doing. I, for people now, that probably seems like, well, how did you do it? I, but we just didn't have those kind of tools that we have today. Well, I sat down on my curb, and I opened that envelope, and I shakily, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I pulled this check out. It was for $100. And I literally sat on my curb and just started crying. I just, I looked at it and went, oh my goodness. <laughs> and you know, as I've shared that story over the years, I remember my oldest son saying once, <laughs> You know, if I had worked for three and a half weeks as hard as you were working and I got $100, I'd sit down and cry too, you know, but but I wasn't crying because of that. I was crying because I had done what I had been explained, that, you know, it, my, it was actually my brother had explained to me what I needed to do and I had done that and it had worked. And I saw I had proof in my hands that it worked. And you know, the next week I got another hundred dollars, and the next week I got another hundred, and then it jumped to two hundred. And you know, I have I have received a check every single week since that first right. You know, it was about three and a half weeks after I started my business. I've never missed a week. So that was an aha moment for me. I did what I was told to do by people who had my best interest at heart, and it worked. So I have proof in my hands, so I'm going to keep doing it. That was a real aha for me, that that tangible. Now, you know, we don't usually in most companies, I don't think they send checks anymore. It's automatically deposited. But for me, holding that evidence in my hands was a real aha moment for me. You brought up a great point. There's a leadership lesson behind that, too. It's like the belief builder, right? This business is about building beliefs, belief in the products, belief in the industry, belief in yourself. Uh, believe in the company and getting that first check is so important because I remember when I got my first check, I was like, wow, this is a real business. It's and, real. You know, the, the two checks that I remember is my first check and then the check that was more, uh, this was maybe a couple months into the business, I earned more in one week than at my job. And I was like, wow, this is a legit. Or the people at Robert Kiyosaki, Robert Allen, that talked about how great this industry is, it's true because I actually made more than one week than I ever did at my MBA job. Yes. And as leaders, 
You know, if you have downlines, you have to work with your people. Getting them that first check in their hands is so important. Isn't that just, it, it's amazing how that, and of course, the, the quicker that can happen, the better. I talk about maintaining perspective and balance and everything. But in the beginning, if you can just put in that effort, you know, a, a, a fast start is really good for people. Because as soon as they see that evidence, whether they're holding the check in their hand or they see that deposit into their uh, business banking account, Wow, that their belief level just skyrockets. Yeah, even if it's like a direct deposit, which they use, like you said, a lot of companies do. If there's a way to print out like a check reprint or stub reprint, something like that, and print it out and put it in your, you know, on your corkboard or in your refrigerator, it's a mm-hmm. huge belief builder. And a lot of times, new distributors they have negative friends and family. When they see that, a lot of negativism goes down because they see, it, wow, this is a real business. You actually exactly. get checks. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, what is your proudest network marketing moment, Colette? Wow, let's see. Boy, there have been a lot of moments that have brought tears to my eyes. But, you know, you might be surprised at this, Simon, but in 2013, I was unable to attend our international convention because I had to have a small tumor removed and I and I was not physically in a in a position to attend our convention and my son and partner Zachary Ross opened our international convention he was the opening speaker and i was able to they i was able to watch that live and hmm gosh even thinking about it you know cuz here i was all bandaged up <laughs> sitting in front of my computer watching my you know who when we started this business was my baby boy just just out of high school and watching him open the convention as this man, as this man with this confidence and this speaking ability and this charisma and watching him, he kind of came out and danced with the audience a little and just, he, you know him, Simon, he has so much personality and has so much fun. And I just sat at my computer and wept with pride because... You know, you've got two little boys, Simon. I'm telling you, what happens to your children when their parents are involved in our industry, in an industry that believes the sky is the sky's not even the limit, you know? And we're surrounded by people who who put their focus on positive and and on on all that's good and we look for the best in people and we try to bring it out and it becomes part of the culture of your family at least it did with mine instead of like poor me you know look at my poor you know (laughs) it became we can do anything we set our mind to and I've seen that that trait that characteristic that belief level in each of my children as they've pursued their own goals and live their own lives with such joy and such abundance. So that was my very proudest moment, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> wow, thank you for sharing that. That's really incredible. Because network marketing, every leader I talk to, inclu- including myself, right, it's like you join the business goes to the money. But as you grow, it's never about the money anymore. It's about creating a legacy and helping others. And I mean, I get a big satisfaction when people come up to me and thank me for helping them. But I couldn't even imagine what it would feel like if my own son, seeing them on stage, that must have been a super, super proud moment for you. It was just, it was surreal. And I don't think anything, you know, as a parent, nothing we accomplish brings us more pride than watching our children, you know, live their dreams. And it's been so rewarding to me 
to watch my, my two sons that are my partners, the fact that they're in their children's classrooms. In fact, just today I'm meeting my oldest son, Dax. He, he's started this running club for children in our neighborhood, and he takes them on trails all over. And I, I'm joining him today with my puppy, my husband and I, and to see them filling their dreams and, and impacting the lives of people around them because they have the time, the energy, and the financial means to be able to live their lives the way they want it's you know simon get ready your your two sons they are they're going to be so blessed and are so blessed but as they grow older you'll see you'll see the impact of your choices to 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 work in this profession you'll see how that positively impacts them i promise you yeah thank you for sharing that it's that's what network marketing is about right it's about not the toys that we buy but the time and with time you can do tons of things and most valuable thing is time with family. Absolutely. And making those memories. I've always said I'd much rather, you know, have memories than, than things. And as a family, particularly with our company, we've had the opportunity to help open many international markets where, where I mean, we literally moved there. I, we moved to Australia for nine months. We moved to Hong Kong. I know that's your, I mean, just these experiences that we've shared as a family are just uh, I heard someone say once, Simon, this just popped in my head, but a, a parent's job, if you could boil it all down, is simply to make memories. Yeah. And those memories are either good or they're bad. And in our case, they're so, so good. Yeah. And also, that's the best uh, education. You know, people talk about which schools are the best. Like doing what you did, having the flexibility, going to Australia, learning different cultures, different accents, then to Hong Kong, something totally different. I mean, the education you gave your kids from that is yeah, tremendous. It's amazing. And, you know, even now, it's been quite a few. And, of course, we did Korea. We've, we've been to a lot of the, the, the countries that our company has opened up. And when we get together as a family now, inevitably, that's what we talk about. We talk about the, the places we visited, the people we met, the, <laughs> the craziness of, of the things that we did to try to start a business in a new country. And those memories, truthfully, they will last a lifetime. As we wrap up, I have a couple quick questions for you, Colette. Sure. Uh, what's the one thing that excites you the most about network marketing right now? I... I really believe the uh, the thing that excites me most is all the new technology that that is available. It's so much easier to build a a business in in our profession now than it was back in 1994 when literally I was taking cassette tapes and putting post-it notes on them and sticking them under windshield wipers, you know, and saying, please, please listen to this and get back to me if you're if you're interested. Crazy things like that, you know. Now the technology has made it it's truly leveled the playing field. I mean, you can you can send a link about your company, your opportunity, your lifestyle, you, you know, and I just get so excited as I see this whole new generation uh, embracing our profession, doing it in a completely different way than I did it. Very, very exciting. The other thing is, of course, just the um, the personal growth. Again, I've talked about that in my own family. I'm seeing it now with my grandchildren, and their just their belief that they can do or be anything they want. That I don't know that they would have had that uh, had we not embraced this profession. So that's very, very exciting to me. It is very exciting. I mean, we're talking. Right now, through technology, that would have been possible exactly. even you know, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> I didn't even have a computer. I mean, no, you know, and, and as I would sign people up, 
I had paper applications and I would take them over to mailboxes, et cetera, and fax them to our company. And just the, the time and effort it took just in the paperwork. And now we have none of that. It's just all done with links. So it's just, it's streamlined everything. And, and the other, the other big piece of that is I don't have to, I mean, I shouldn't say have to, because I loved flying to Australia. I love flying to New Zealand and Korea and Malaysia and all these, but Truthfully, if you can't do that, so what? It really doesn't matter at this point because through the miracle of technology, we can sign people up. If your company is expanding to other markets around the world, you can do that sitting at a little desk wherever you are in the world. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, one success quote that's motivated you in the past? You know, Early on in my business, and I don't even know where I saw this. I think it might have been, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, I think it might have been on the inside of a Dove chocolate wrapper, <laughs> <laughs> Dove milk chocolate wrapper. But it said, a dream that's too big is just the right size. And, you know, sometimes when you see something and it just hits you, it pierces your heart, and you realize that that's it, that's it. Because, frankly, in my situation, I just... I felt a bit like an imposter dreaming so big. Like, can you dream this big if you don't even have a college education? Can you dream this big if you're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? And when I saw that, I went, that's it. That's it. And I've continued to say that. And now I've heard people quote me saying it. I wish I wish I knew who actually said it first. But I believe it, Simon. I, I love it. I love it. A, a yeah, dream that's too big is just the right size. And that is so appropriate because most people, they, you know, there's a saying I heard recently from uh, actually Matt Morris that most people die at 35, but they just don't get buried at 75. Wow. Right? Wow. Like, That's the dreams are dead already. But ML allows you to dream. In my, before I got started, you know, over a decade ago, my dreams were dead. I just thought this was my life. I would just work at a job and work for 40 years and retire. And MLM exposed an entire new world of possibility, of opportunity, of things that we could do. So as it's such an awesome quote. I gotta maybe dig up dig up some research. If I don't find anything, I may have to quote, you know, the Dove Chocolate Bar Company. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is one habit that's helped you become successful, Colette? I've learned to focus. I really have learned to focus. I, I used to have a saying in my mind, I would say thrive on five. And I, I always I like the concept of doing the feared thing first. The thing that you really don't want to do is, and I've heard people say, get the frog off your plate first thing in the morning. I mean, people talk about it in different with different language. But for me, I, I started using Thrive on Five. And the evening before, I would write down five things I was going to accomplish the next day. And I was going to do that before I did anything else. You know, one thing about technology, as wonderful as it is, it can also get us really sidetracked when you start reading all your Facebook and your Instagram and all that. So I just... And now I've actually uh, brought that back to thrive on three because I'm, you know, pretty much retired now. But if I accomplish three things every day that are a stretch for me or that I just need to get done in order to in order to advance my business or advance my agenda of that day, I, I focus until I get those things done. It's very, very easy to get distracted. So I, I like that. I, and I know that if I do that, then the rest of my day, like going on this hike with, this afternoon with all these children in the neighborhood, I'm the grandma with the puppy. And, you know, I can do that and not feel any guilt whatsoever. I've accomplished what I need to accomplish, and, and I'm there. And by the way, this, this podcast was one of those things this morning. You know, it advances my profession, and uh, 
and it gets something done that I that I feel like is I you know I've accomplished something by doing that. So focusing on and whatever you decide, you know, you know, I, I still love to cross things off my list. I'm still one of those that likes to write things down and cross them off. It gives me this feeling of satisfaction like I've accomplished something. I love your quotes and thank you for sharing. You're making a huge impact on millions of people. And you had talked about technology. You know, back in the day, you may, you know, only be able to impact the people at an event, maybe a couple of thousand, but now you have the ability to impact millions. I mean, there's 90, over 90 million MLM distributors worldwide. And that's why it's called MLM Nation. If we were like a country, we actually be bigger than France, Germany, Spain. So thank you for sharing. And Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. I hope a few things I've said has given some, maybe some poor single mother out there with no hope. I hope it's given her the hope that this can come true for her as well. Definitely. Tons of things. A couple more questions. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. The best piece of advice. Um, I can't exactly put it in. I'm not sure exactly how it's said to me, but someone told me once not to worry so much about what people thought about me, or I wouldn't worry so much about what people thought about me if I realized they weren't really thinking about me. <laughs> mm. Or maybe another way to put it is what other people think about you is none of your business. So when I gave that up, when I gave up worrying, because, you know, when I look back at the people I could think, for helping me. Many of them are people who believed in me and jumped on board with me, but I would also thank the people who cautioned me, who who tried to convince me that this was not the profession I should get involved with in because those people really stoked my flame. They they I have I have this still. I mean, here I am, nearly 63 years old and I've still got this crazy rebellious streak in me that just tell me I can't do something and then just watch me, you know? It actually does me a lot of good to have people say, oh, that would be impossible for you. <laughs> I'm going, really? Okay, just move out of my way. I still got that that little that rebellion in me. But when I realized that what they thought of me uh, was none of my business, it gave me the freedom to just be who I was, claim myself, you know, embrace the little girl within that, that still believed a dream that was too big was just the right size and just to go for it. And those people, they're not paying your medical bills. You have, no. So you might as well do what you need to do. Forget about them. That's right. I didn't have to take out bankruptcy. I had so many people say, Colette, if there's someone who actually deserves to take out bankruptcy because of all this medical debt, it, you know, a single mother, no support, no education, no financial debt. Ba- I mean, it would be you. But you know what? I didn't. And I, I, I'm so, I, I'm so grateful because it just, like I talked earlier about being kind of pushed into a corner. I wouldn't know who I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today uh, if I hadn't had people, you know, <laughs> tell me I couldn't do it. So what they thought of me was none of my business, and I just went ahead and did it anyway. Do you have a favorite prospecting tool that you use, like a newsletter or webinars or online videos? What do you like to use now? Well, now uh, I do a, you know, we do a weekly newsletter and blogs and um, we use that now. Now, in the in the early days of building our business, our company had a, a newspaper. And <laughs> as archaic as that might sound, you know, I that was my favorite 
prospecting tool because, again, I, I like to have something in my hand. You know, I read on my Kindle and everything now, too, but I still order books from Amazon constantly, and I, I love to mark up and write in the margins and all that. So I loved this newspaper. However, as a Larson Global Alliance, we do a weekly newsletter. We've got a blog, and we use that now uh, as, as our primary, uh, primary business tool. Do you have a favorite app or online resource like Dropbox or Gmail that you could recommend to our listeners? Uh, to get my information? Oh, no. It's just like, uh, what, I mean, in terms of growing the business, do you, you talked about you read on the Kindle or do you use Facebook to prospect or do you I, use like online tools like Evernote or do you just I, go old school? I, I actually do use Evernote. I don't, I, I, I've used Dropbox, but not, I've used it for, in my financial life. I haven't used it in, in building the business. Yes, I do use Facebook and we, and we put our own, uh, we, we, we develop our own weekly newsletter and our own, and we do our own podcast and we, we use Facebook to promote those. And I know you talked about, you read a lot. You like to read and order books on Amazon. What's one book you could recommend to MLM Nation? Um, you know, one book that I'm actually, there's two books that I'm using right now that I give to new people that join our organization. Uh, there's a woman named Rosie Bank who has written a book called You Inc. And I actually wrote the foreword to her book. She's a friend of mine. And it's just a very good overall book about our profession. And the other one I really love is Eric Warre's um, GoPro. So when someone joins our, joins our organization, they get one of those books from me. I like to still send them through the mail with a little written note. And those are two that I'm currently using, You Inc. and GoPro. And ML Nation, I know you love audios because you're listening to this podcast. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. And Colette, so here's the last question. I'm really curious to know what you're going to say. Before we go to the million-dollar question, if you're an ambitious distributor who's ready to take your business to the next level, go become an MLM Nation Insider. Just go to MLMNationInsider.com and you can join a select group of distributors who meet every week to discuss what's working in the MLM profession. As an insider, you'll also get a weekly live MLM training that you can participate on a webinar or through the phone. Online access to an entire archive training library. A mission into a private Facebook group where you can network with other motivated and successful distributors from all around the world. The opportunity to ask questions to one of the top MOM trainers. And you also receive a monthly newsletter with the latest tips and online marketing strategies mailed directly to your door. Interested? Simply go to MLMNationInsider.com to learn more. Now let's get back to the show and to the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What would be the first thing you would do to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? Oh, wow. That's a great question, Simon. Um, do you know, I would probably <laughs> do it very similar to the way I did it in 1994. Because as wonderful as technology is, 
technology is, um, you know, I would create our website. We've got it now, you know, you know, larsonglobal.com. I'd send them there. But I think I would probably send a written letter out to, you know, maybe I'd make a list of 50 friends and send a letter and invite them over to my home. And I would tell them I, ha- I had an opportunity, a business proposal, something like that I wanted to share with them. This is what I did back in the day. And, uh, you know, I might only have four or five people show up because <laughs> that's what happened to me then. But I would declare my intentions. I would say, listen, I'm going places with this. In fact, I've decided to go to the top of the company. I'm passionate about it. I've got personal experience with this product. I'm just, <laughs> I can't wait to get going. Uh, I've decided to become phenomenally successful, and I would like a few of you to come along with me. So, you know, I've had people say to me now, years after the fact, when they came to some of my little home meetings or my little restaurant meetings, that at the end, when I would stand up and declare my intentions, even though they knew they knew more about uh, our industry than I did, you know, because I was still pretty new and some of them were, were seasoned veterans, but they, uh, I had one woman say, you know, we got together afterward and their company that they were in was looking like it wasn't going to make it. And they had this discussion about, you know, I'm not sure she knows what she's doing. (laughs) Because again, I was so new. This was a little restaurant here in Encinitas, California. But one of the women said, you know, it doesn't really matter. She knows where she's going and I want to go with her. So I think sharing that passion and that intention, there's so much power in that. And I'd do that again. I'd start and I'd build a nucleus with people I knew and trusted and then, of course, I'd reach out and use technology and build it around the world. But I think I'd start with a core group just like I did back in 1994. People that believed in me, I believed in them, and we said, let's do this together. So to uh, clarify the question, you say you're going to contact these people, this core group. But how would you imagine you knew no one? How would you build this group up? How, where, would you, where would you go to meet this group? Oh, you're saying I know no one? Yeah, no one. <laughs> well... <laughs> Because I'm saying, you know, I'd go to people who already knew me and trusted me. But if I didn't know anyone, gosh. Yes. How would you build been, that trust? What would I've, you do? Well, I'll tell you. I, I mean, back in the day, I, I literally would put tapes and things under people's. It was amazing to me how many people would call me. I'd write a little note, put it under their windshield. You know, I, I guess I'd revert to something like that. But, you know, that that's what I did. When people say, tell me exactly how you built this. I would go, you, you know, I don't want you to have to do it that way. Now we have this, I probably today, um, so are you saying, Simon, I wouldn't even have any friends on Facebook or anything? Yeah, you have no friends, <laughs> no one, no one. Who's in that situation? Everybody knows somebody. Everybody knows someone, you know? Um, so a, a better way to rephrase it, imagine I dropped you off in a different country where they spoke English, but you didn't know anyone. That's probably impossible because every English-speaking country probably knows you who you are, right? But imagine you went to a country that turned out you knew no one, no friends there, but they spoke English. Okay, well, we did that. We did that. We dropped off in Australia. We landed in Australia. We didn't know one person. The first thing we did, and we couldn't use our company's name because it wasn't open yet, so we had to follow the rules, uh, our company's guidelines. So we we put an ad in the Sydney Herald, I think it was called, a little ad, and we put... um, we are look, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what it was said, but it was something, something to the effect that America, that a, an American 
health product company was going to be opening up in Australia. We were looking for team members to help kick off this company. We would be having a a, um, a meeting of explanation or, or an introductory meeting at such and such, and we had a little lobby in a hotel room. That is exactly how we started. So we actually put some ads in the newspaper. We met a few people. Then, you know, Zachary ended up going up to the gym, our first distributor in Australia. He was actually in the gym. And he initiated a conversation with this gentleman. And he said, well, that accent's interesting. Where are you from? And Zach said, I'm from America. What are you doing here? So just initiating those conversations. Then, you know, we did have, we, we ran the ads in the paper. But then our job was to go out and go shopping. And so literally, I would go into dress shops and I would strike up conversations with, uh, I remember this one woman that helped me in this dress shop. We ended up, she ended up being a very successful distributor in Australia, uh, a maid that was cleaning my room. Uh, I left some materials out on my bed. And, you know, she she was really frightened to get hold of me, but she'd happened to see some of these materials. And because it was a conflict of an interest, she was actually the maid that was cleaning our room, asked me if I could meet her after hours at this coffee shop around the corner. So those types of things, just you can always initiate conversations. You can always build a warm market by by volunteering. You know, I've, I've met people, we went to clean up the beach day, and I ended up initiating a conversation with people. And, you know, generally, if you start with a compliment like saying something like, wow, it's so nice that you would come down here and clean up the beach on your own time. You know, what do you do when you're you're not cleaning up the beach? Something like that. Starting with a conversation, initiating, uh, starting with a compliment, initiating a conversation, you know, building relationships. um, And maybe don't even bring up your company's information the first time you meet. Maybe later you say, let me take you to lunch. You know, that sort, it's a process, isn't it? But I, I think no matter where you are, in fact, I've written a whole blog if you want to link to it. I, I'll be happy to share it with you on building a new warm market because I was running into people who said, I've burnt through, I've burned through all my friends and associates. There's many, many ways to build a new warm market. And so, you know, that's what you do. We, we, we've, done, we've done flyers, we've run ads, but I think the most successful has just been getting out there in the public and initiating conversations with people. As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then what is the best way our listeners can connect with you, Colette? Let's see. My advice, it's the same advice I think probably most leaders in this industry would give, and that's just don't ever give up. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on yourself. I've seen so many. If you've found a great company that you feel is filled with integrity and people that you enjoy being around and has got a has got a a good product, you know. Uh, you know, I think there's some things that have to be in place there. But if you found that company, don't jump, 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 jump. I see people that, you know, if they don't get rich in three months, they're off to something else. And my goodness, I've seen people do that. There were if they just if they would have stuck with, you know, the <laughs> the person that brought them to the dance in the first place, you know, they would have been in in their company's million dollar club by now. So don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on yourself. You know, do you know that no one ever approached me about a network marketing about the network marketing profession before my brother you know, did. And here I was, I I was literally on my knees praying that something would come into my life that would allow me to work from home. And there are other Colettes out there. (laughs) You You just need to stick with it and find us. And then Simon, the best way to reach me is to go to my website, 
It's www.larsen, and that's L-A-R-S-E-N, Larsen with an E, www.larsenglobal.com. And there is a button on there that you, it says contact us and you can write me a note and, and you can actually go to, there's a link that says free training. You can go on there and sign up for our weekly newsletter, for my blogs. It's, there's no charge for any of it. One of the things that I determined to do a few years ago with my sons, we've been blessed tremendously. Obviously, we've made millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars. Uh, and for a girl from Rexburg, Idaho, with no high school education, <laughs> that's just amazing. So our desire now is to truly give back. So I, I do these, you know, I write articles, uh, we put together a newsletter, we do trainings, and we just put that out there to the network marketing world to help people who were in my situation uh, realize that a dream that's too big is just the right size. MLM Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Colette Larson. So keep up the momentum and go to mlmnation.net and type in Colette at the search bar. And all the nuggets of wisdom from uh, Thrive with Five to the chocolate bar quote and all the things that, you know, great wisdom that Colette shared will pop right up. Colette, thank you for sharing your journey with MLM Nation today. In order to be successful in MLM, you must help others. So, Colette, thank you again for setting such a great example. We're grateful to you. We appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Simon, thank you. What a pleasure. What an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best as you raise those darling boys, you and Kelly. And, that, and I hope and pray that you achieve all the success that you're dreaming of. Thank you, Colette. Thanks for joining our show today. Make sure you thank Colette Lawson for sharing her inspiring story. Just go to show notes page on mlnation.net and search for Colette, C-O-L-L-E-T-T-E, and her show notes page will pop right up and you scroll to the bottom, her contact info will be right there. And then you can thank her. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes because that's the best way to keep these trainings coming to your phone automatically. And if you want help others and make an impact, please tell your friends about the show and share it on social media so you can also have a positive impact on someone's life. Last thing, please leave an honest review for the MLM Nation podcast on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are extremely important to me. Let me know what you liked or don't liked about the show because I read every single one of them and they help the show get better and also motivates me and keeps me going. So that's our show for today. Thanks again for being part of MLM Nation and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.